0: Welcome back to a little FCS championship edition of the Big Sky Now weekly media panel. The Montana Grizzlies will be representing the Big Sky in the FCS title game January 7th in Frisco, Texas, taking on the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. So we'll definitely be getting to that today a little bit. Joining us on the panel, Mark Nelke of the Coeur Press and Fritz Neighbor of the Daily Interlake. I'm Josh Dugan. Let's just dive into this thing. We'll get to our performance of the week. We'll recap a little bit about the Grizz-North Dakota State game, and then we'll move into some championship game talk and maybe a little transfer portal action. So, lots to digest there, but lots on the radar. Talking
1: football late in December, so can't complain. So, performance of the week. Why don't we start it out with you, Mark, and go from there? Okay. Well, I'm guessing you probably have – you guys have some Montana people you're going to highlight so so I don't duplicate it. I'm, I'm going to highlight the 26,544 fans who filled that stadium. Um, I know it's hard in the in the playoffs because it's you have to rebuy the tickets they're not like season tickets so they're you know you got to buy the tickets again but I think that says a lot about one montana fans two regional fans because I know was looking at social media there were quite a few people from our neck of the woods that made the two or three hour drive over there you know I helped it was a nice day you know relatively for <laughs> for December, it wasn't like, you know, driving home in a a blizzard from Moscow like I had to do a week or so ago. So a lot of things came together and, and, you know, very impressive for Montana and the the fans to fill that thing. And obviously, you know, Fritz can speak to what the the impact that crowd had on North Dakota State.
0: Yeah, well said, Mark. That was an absolutely electric crowd. I think there was one phase there. There was four plays and three of them were false starts by the Bison. You don't see that every day. So no, they definitely had an impact. How about you for its performance of the week? And then you can, any thoughts on the crowd being down there and all that.
2: Yeah. I like what Mark said. It's uh, it's tempting to, to agree with them and we'll get back to that. I, I have to go with Junior Bergen. Um, again, I think, it, I think I did it last week too, but his punt return. Um, could have sealed the game. Uh, they missed the PT after, so it didn't. Um, but then he scored a touchdown and a 20-yard, 20 22-yard catch and run in the first overtime. And then that cap off the second overtime, he uh, made a great play on an option pass, shook off a, his face mask, getting grabbed and fired a bullet. They got tipped, but somehow got to Keelan White, who made a great catch. And uh, so I got to go with Junior again. He, that's his fifth career punt return for a touchdown. Ties a Big Sky record by Montana State great Corey Smith, who I saw play. I'm that old. He played at the, for the Cats from 2001 to 03 and, uh, and had a kickoff return to beat the Grizz that year, I remember, in 03. So, um, Bergen's my guy. I guess number two would be, the, would be the crowd. You know, there was a big kind of a controversy brewing because they wanted to uh, put all the leftover tickets on sale on Wednesday at 5 and it seemed like by 5.02 they were all gone and then they almost instantly were showing up on the secondary outlets for um, a much inflated price. Turned out there's only 3,000 tickets really left over. And so there's no there's no real mystery why they went as fast. It's hard to uh, prevent the seat geeks and the other secondary outlets of the world from getting their hands on stuff. Um, I didn't really expect on Wednesday that I would see a crowd like that, but it was a sold out crowd and it seemed some and someone I was talking to today, it seemed like it got bigger as the game wore on in the second half because I think they left the gates open and people just started showing up and lining the uh the causeways behind the Griswold scoreboard. So they you know, the official count was twenty-five, six, four, four, I believe. Probably more than that by the end, because everybody wanted to see a little piece of it, you know. Um but yeah, Bergen's number one, crowd's number two.
0: Hard to argue that. I'm just gonna piggyback off that for sure. I'm going Junior Bergen as well, it was obvious, but human highlight real type of player. Every play he touches the ball, you never know what's going to happen. And they always say in the biggest games, the biggest moments, you need your best players to make plays. He's done that two weeks in a row. He's really pushed this team into the national title game. So got to give all the credit to Junior Bergen. It's a team effort. You got to have all 11 guys chipping in. But when you look back at this run, it'll be hard not to say, they're gonna about to put a Junior Bergen statue up at Washington Grizzlies. No, I'm kidding. But he's he's been unreal. And, yeah, the crowd, I saw that all over Twitter, Fritz, all the – Ticket controversy, and, you know, it makes sense. Like you said, not a lot of action. But, hey, fans showed up when it mattered, and that's, that's what's important. So, you know, we'll just kind of dive into the reaction and takeaways from Montana's win over North Dakota State. Anybody who didn't see that one, go rewatch it because it's one of the all-time classics for FCS semifinals. Crazy game. Fritz, we'll start out with you, just kind of reaction, takeaways from the win, and then we'll kind of move along from there.
2: Well, I a little bit of, had a little bit of deja vu because, you know, for the second straight week, they couldn't quite get that second score on the board to prevent overtime, and then, uh, you know, NDSU marched right down The Grizz. Didn't have a penalty all game until NDSU faked that punt, and then uh, they got a, a late hit out of bounds. And all of a sudden, they're 33 yards upfield and into Montana territory. Um, just you know, just another great game of Wad Grizz, probably in the top five, probably on the Mount Rushmore. I was covering the team in 09 when they, um, and back-to-back, weeks scored 41 straight points to beat South Dakota State, that team. And uh, and then the next week, Appalachian State came in with Monty Edwards. And it was one of those games, like the Delaware game, where it started on a beautiful fall day and ended in, a in a, in this case, about three or four inches of snow. And it came down to right at the final buzzer, uh, a fourth down pass that somehow went incomplete. money was money that day thrown into tight windows, but Grizz were able to prevail 24-17. So there's two off the top of my head that are right up there with what I saw Saturday night, just a phenomenal game. Great, great atmosphere. And I think, uh, I think the Bison fans and players appreciated just almost as much as uh, Grizz players and fans did.
0: Yeah. I saw a lot of uh, Bison players on Twitter being quoted as giving nothing but praise for the atmosphere and the fan base. Definitely with pure electricity uh, mark your reaction to that one any takeaways from that game
1: yeah i guess my first reaction was montana ran a better trick play on their two point conversion than north dakota state or at least at least they were more fortunate i mean to to that you can't really take credit for a deflected touched uh, two point conversion pass i mean it was kind of lucky that they it got th- off that guy's hand and right to the receiver they were throwing it to or whoever he was throwing it to was that who he was throwing it to so it was there was, it just, and he got got to him. So it could, that could have been knocked down, and that would have changed a whole lot of things. That and then North Dakota State's kind of looked doomed from the beginning. He, you know, the, the Montana had a good rush on him there at the end, and he just just kind of I don't know what he was doing. He threw it, kind of threw it into the end zone right to a Montana guy, so it didn't really have a chance. I was, yeah. um, I if I can just jump in real quick, Josh. Oh yeah, I thought it was
2: interesting. Um, uh, on the post-game radio show, Bobby uh, mentioned this, and I didn't realize it at the time, post-game in the press press conference, Matt N said, it's a play we hadn't used all year, so we liked it. In Bobby's interview post-game with the radio crew, he said, uh, not only had we seen that play, we adapted it, and we call it Bison. So they knew when they lined up in that swinging gate what was going to happen, and they're all over it. They also, there was also a lot of contact in the end zone with the intended receiver. He was nowhere near the ball where the ball showed up. I think he didn't really shy away from contact himself. But, um, you know, uh, good teams make their own breaks, I guess. In that case, uh, Montana made a couple more plays at
0: the end. Yeah, I was about to say, just one of those games you always hear it in the playoffs, but who can make one more big play? The made made one more big play. I heard Mark say, you know, it's kind of doomed from the start. As soon as they came out in that – play call i couldn't help but think that's something you know you're running when you're playing freshman football i'm like are they really running this right now the bison just pounded the rock for back-to-back touchdowns on the ground and ot don't run the power right there i couldn't believe i kind of felt like the same thing, kind of do from the start very questionable play call easy to look back and say that now and yeah the ball bounced literally it bounced the grizzlies way Bounced right into the hands of keelan white and sent him to the national championship game so really it just had been that kind of year for montana down the stretch they were rolling and they bounced the right way at the right time. They got the break. Um, what I will say one key stat from that game, I thought Montana held Cam Miller, most accurate passer in the nation, a 9 of 22 passing, just never looked comfortable, and that was kind of a big key also. Really, the Montana defense didn't get a ton of talk about because there was so much crazy stuff going on in that game, but they played a heck of a game, kept Miller under pressure. He made some great throws early, and then they kind of had him settle down. So, And Britton, Fritz and you both, I believe, mentioned, or at least Fritz did, but that, North Dakota state punt, uh, fake punt. I really thought that momentum was on their side after that. They, they looked like they had a chance to steal it and it just didn't go their way. That was a gutsy play call play that if they would have won that game, Chris fans would not have forgot for a long time, but luckily we didn't have to have that conversation, but overall, just like you said, Fritz, it's one of the best games for sure at Washington Grizzly. I've, being in, caught in the moment, but I was like, God, that's one of the best 10 games in sports I've watched in a long time. I mean, it's, you don't see a lot of those tight games. It comes down to a final play, just an epic ball game, but um, moving along, I did want to ask you guys just a little bit with a number of key big sky players hitting the transfer portal, multiple guys from Montana State, key offensive linemen. I know we talked about last week, Javonny McCoy and Anthony Woods are on their way out of town, likely. I did want to get your guys' thoughts on the transfer portal, just real quick before we move along, just kind of the state of the portal and any potential changes that could be made? Uh, we'll start with you, Mark, and then we'll move along a little more to the championship uh, action.
1: Yeah, well, so far, anyway, Idaho's the one that's gotten ravaged the most. I mean, you mentioned McCoy and, and Woods, um, Marcus Harris, trainer Ormani uh, Arnold. So Harris and Arnold being cornerbacks, and Mervin Kenyon, a defensive back, and one of their offensive linemen are in the is in the portal. Two of them have already committed um, Marcus Harris to Cal or Monty Arnold to Cincinnati. So, I mean, that's as fans, you don't like it. You like to see your, your guys stay with the team through their college careers. And, but that's just not, I mean, just like the old days where people played four years in basketball, they don't do that anymore. So now it's the world we created. And so this kind of what we're, stuck with and have to deal with so like it or not that's just that's the way it is good for them if that if that means they can make a little more money on Nil which I, I can't ma- imagine they make a whole lot could make a whole lot at Idaho but maybe at a power five school or a bigger school they can so you know good for them bad for the team they leave behind
0: yeah I think I think that college basketball reference was a really good comparison where it kind of takes a little of the traditional way a little of that history of the sport guys playing four years with the same team building a legacy. It's more like you have a big year. You might just leave. So yeah, it's a little bit different for sure. Fritz, your thoughts on the portal. I think there's a lot of good and a lot of bad that are coming from it. it's kind of a double-edged sword. Like Mark said, good for the player, bad for the fan, but your thoughts on it, Fritz.
2: Yeah, I feel the same way. I, th- I think it's more, um, the most equal thing to do at this level. I mean, coaches hit the portal all the time and leave the players they recruited. That's the way it used to work. So now the coaches have to adjust to uh, the portal. I don't think Bobby Hawk is happy about it, but I think he adjusted pretty well. He's got a quarterback that he grabbed off the portal. It's got another year left, if he chooses after this season, in Clifton McDowell. And, you know, um, I don't know where they'd be without him because he's been steady. Um, I thought his play of the game was the fumble he recovered. Um, You know, I just... um, I think in a couple of years, it might settle down. I, li- I also like what Chip Kelly said this week about having a commissioner that oversaw division one football, uh, get rid of conferences, conference commissioners, uh, keep things regional. Um, just kind of, you know, uh, it just kind of got out of hand. I think first of all, at the FBS level where teams could just leave their conference for more money in another conference, I think something has to change there. And when that does, I think it, uh, could trickle down to the fcs level um well there's some good grizz players that i wonder if we'll uh, see around because uh, there's a four-day window after the title game from the 8th to 11th i believe of january so uh, i imagine i'll be covering a game one day and writing different stories the next couple of days because you know what number five would look probably looks awful good to some uh, pac-12 or former pac-12 schools among others
0: Yeah, that was one of the first players that came to my mind as well. You wonder what's going to happen after the championship game with a guy like Bergen after the run he's had. I I think you kind of said it maybe in a few years it settled down. It really has a wild, wild west kind of feel. I know it's all new. I think I'm big on the idea of the athletes having the freedom to move around, but there definitely needs to be some kind of balance to it all because it's just been tough for college football fans. We had a basketball reference. I'll drop kind of like a baseball reference, but – feels kind of like the big sky and a lot of these FCS, they're almost like the farm system. Now it's like you go there, Hey, you might get called up to the big time. And that's what everyone's looking for is to call up rather than, Hey, go out and play four years and, you know, get your education, yada, yada, yada. So it just changed a lot. i I just think there's a, from the fan perspective, it's tough, but for a player you do, you know, you got to chase the opportunity. I can understand that. I, I like that. You mentioned McDowell. I was going to say as much as it does hurt FCS schools, a lot of FCS guys who have dropped back from the FBS the last few years and made a big impact. McDowell won. one. I know Chris Walker was a Nebraska guy on the grid. So there is a lot of talent that has come back to the level. I think, like you kind of mentioned, maybe it slows down in a few years. But definitely tough when you mention – I keep thinking of the Vandals. Just tough. You have this special core. you got a head coach, and act, and it feels like you're building something. All of a sudden, it's like time to retool. Let's do this all over again. And that's where it really feels like. The one and done in college basketball, where it's like every year you don't know who your starting five is in college hoops. Now in college football, you don't know who your quarterback is going to be year in and year out. Even a guy like Caleb Williams in Oklahoma goes to USC. So I will go on a rant, but it's just changed a lot of the complexion. Double edged sword, good for the players, but at the same time, you gotta you gotta find some balance for sure. You don't want to see it get to the point where it's like a couple schools have all the money. So they get all the good guys they will turn into the Yankees of baseball and now the Dodgers, whatever you want to say. But that's that's what it feels like it's trending towards. And I don't think anybody wants to have that happen. So after the transportal we'll talk now, we'll get to a little uh, championship game action real quick. We'll get to a word from our friends at MNC Tire and Calispell, and then we'll get your guys thoughts on the South Dakota State and Montana championship matchup. MNC Tire and Calspell has been locally owned since 1979. From urban avenues to untamed trails, MNC Tire will help you conquer any terrain. Unleash the power within your ride. MNC Tire, wherever you go, we've got you covered. Thanks again to MNC Tire and Kalispell. So, let's get into the game here. Montana opens as a 12 and a half point underdog and the over the game, over for the game. Excuse me, it's 50 and a half point. So, despite two of the best defenses in the country, uh, Oddsmakers are expecting a decent amount of points. I want to get your guys' initial thoughts on kind of some of the betting numbers there and just reaction to this uh matchup and then we'll kind of go into a more in-depth preview January second, but just your guys' initial thoughts. We'll start with you, Mark, and then we'll get to you, Britt.
1: Hmm. Well, I guess part of it would be that the in theory, the weather shouldn't be a factor down there. So that that shouldn't be a problem. I don't I don't think uh South Dakota State will cover it on its own. It won't be it shouldn't be fifty-nine to nothing like like the their last game, um, I've talked to some people that have seen South Dakota State clo- up close, and they they think Montana's got the team that can play with them. They're big and physical. They're very balanced. Got a, a great defense. They got um, that number five for as long as he's there, and they got a, a balanced offense. So I think, you know, obviously, you, I would, you know, South Dakota State's the favorite, but Montana's. Got all the tools to to pull the the quote unquote upset.
0: Yeah, there, it's going to be a well balanced matchup. I feel like both these teams are so fundamentally sound,
1: well coached. So there's a lot of
0: a lot of comparisons between these two teams' styles. Britt, kind of your initial reaction to this matchup as we gear up for uh, some exciting times.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's no surprise that the Jackrabbits are favored. Um, this will be the third straight game where. The Grizz player, just a truly outstanding quarterback. This this guy's name is Mark Gronowski. He was he was there when they did the spring season and got hurt in the title game. Uh, came back last year and was just was just nails as they marched on to their first ever national title. Um, and he's back this year. He's just a great player. Um, I think it's encouraging. Or counts on the Montana Ledger that the last two quarterbacks that came into Washington Grizz really had a low completion percentage. And I so I. I think that's an important trend to follow. Um, I just happened to to take a peek at a betting kiosk today. Uh, the Grizz are plus 375, which means if you bet 100 bucks, you would win 375. Um, I don't know if I want that action, but I, I'd say take the points. I'd say take the points. I think it'll be a close game. I think the Grizz will give themselves a shot.
0: Yeah, I think so as well. I think Montana's built for this type of football. They've played in some ugly games. They've blown some teams out they playing some really close games in the playoffs. They're prepared for this. South Dakota State is equally prepared. They're a great program right now. I think a big matchup to watch early. Isaiah Davis of the Jackrabbits, star running back. He had 1,500 yards this year, 17 touchdowns already. So if they can slow him down, that's good. the front line of the Grizz versus Davis and that offensive line, that's going to be really key. It feels like every time I watch South Dakota State, that guy gets loose for a big run, and that's what you really got to prevent. Um, one other big takeaway reaction to this one is, Sometimes in sports, you don't always see the best two teams meet for a championship. I will say this year, it feels like these are the two best teams in the country. They both proved it to get here. I think it's going to be a hard-fought game, and I just think it's awesome that we're actually going to see the one and two seed go head-to-head, neutral field. So I think that serves Montana. You wouldn't want to play this one on the road. Um, Other big takeaway, just because earlier in the year, we talked a little bit about, is the Big Sky, you know, one of the best conferences in the country? Are they right there with the Missouri Valley? I think... This is kind of the big sky re-solidifying themselves as a top-tier program from their conference. From 2010 to 2020, they had two teams make the national title game. Now it's going to be two teams in the last three years. So all of a sudden, they're right back. The Grizz are doing their thing. Montana State's had success. Idaho made a playoff run. It just kind of shows the level of football being played in the big sky, and it comes down to the best two conferences in the country, squaring off with the two best teams in the country. So it just worked out, where a lot of time in sports, you get kind of a a lopsided matchup in the postseason, whatever it may be. It just feels like it's going to be a great game. And, yeah, I would definitely expect this one to be a lot closer than 12 points. And I don't expect to see a lot of points on the board. I think it's going to be a dog Um I guess we'll wrap this thing up. with I just wanted to ask your guys kind of thoughts on what it means for the Big Sky. I just kind of mentioned their kind of return to the top of the FCS a bit. A couple big-time programs have left the FCS, so it's opened the door for them even more. So your, your thoughts on it, Fritz, and then we'll get to you, Mark, and wrap this thing up.
2: Well, yeah, I mean it's obviously a good news for the Big Sky to get a team back in there. Second second time in three years. Two years ago it was MSU uh, taking on North Dakota State. Um, I think uh, I think Montana travels well. They always have. I think they'll travel extremely well for this game down in Frisco. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. I, I yeah, I think the Big Sky has kind of finally risen back up, and I think a lot of it has to do with uh, Bobby Hawk being able to uh, build the Grizzlies back. and Pretty sure you probably had a five-year plan. Uh two years ago had a really good team and they were pretty being up when they lost to James Anderson Last year they were uh got chewed up by their in-league schedule. And uh this year, you know, they just started getting momentum with that. After that NEU loss, he just started building and building. And uh it's year six for Bobby Hawk. it's what his whole goal was to get him back to this level. And they're dragging the big sky with them. You know, the cats are really good, have been good, will continue to be good. It's so great having Idaho good again. So yeah, welcome back, Big Sky.
0: Yeah, no, it feels like it. I really like that. Well said, Fritz. Welcome back. No, for sure. Mark, your thoughts on that, and then we'll wrap this thing up.
1: Yeah, I mean, for years, you know, someone's watched this conference for years and years and years. When you think of the Big Sky, uh, Montana is the first team that comes to mind. I mean, they are the blue blood of the Big Sky. I mean, the other the other ones, Montana State's come along lately. And, you know, Eastern's had its time, but Montana is the team when probably if you ask people nationwide, they might not be able to name a lot of teams in the big sky, but they would, they would know Montana, all the Grizz and the stadium and all that stuff. So to see them in the title game is, is nice and even nicer. They're, you know, one of the two best teams act like, like you said, Josh, they, they actually are one of the two best teams. They are playing like it. And so they deserve it. And. It wouldn't be surprising for them to win. Um, thank goodness they made that quarterback decision that they made after what the third or fourth game and g- gave it to Clifton McDowell. Otherwise, we wouldn't be we wouldn't be talking about them.
0: Yeah, talk about a tale of two seasons for Montana. You mentioned Coach Bobby Houck; he deserves a lot of credit. We joked on the show throughout the season, but there was rumors he was going to get fired, and here we are now. They're in the championship game back at it. Montana's kind of back where they used to be. I know I think it kind of, I don't want to make the comparison, but you think of the SEC, you think of BAM a little, you think of Pac-12, you think USC. Certain schools, when they're at the top, it makes the whole conference better because everyone else has to ramp it up a little bit. So no, it's been a heck of a year and definitely looking forward to previewing this championship game more January 2nd. You guys will take next week off on the panel. You guys have a great holidays and all that. Really enjoy everybody listening. Have a great holidays. Thank you for checking out the show all year long. So been a lot of fun. And like I said, January 2nd, we'll get back at it and get you guys ready for the championship game. and It'll be coming up quick. So that'll do it for this week's show. Thanks again to m and Tires and CalSpell.